Salutations, listeners. See you later, Leo. Valamagulis. Nanu, nanu. Thank you for tuning in. This is Three Men in a Basement, and we are the Ultra Crepidarians. My name is Colin McLeod. Merkel Pierre. Action Jackson. And in this podcast, we like to review movies, uh, and we deliver to you, the listener, an average schmuck's opinion about hidden gems in the wide world of cinema. Uh, in this show, we try and target movies that are not total blockbuster smashes. We also aim for ones that are not so obscure that you couldn't get your hands on a copy, even if you wanted to. Uh, instead, we go for that delightful sweet spot right in the middle. Movies that uh, maybe you saw when they came out, maybe you heard about and want to see. Maybe these are the kind of movies that you need to go to a blockbuster video to go and acquire. There is one left. I, there is. So if you live in Oregon... <laughs> I'm, I'm going to make a, a controversial statement here. Uh, Hollywood video? Mm, no, no. Didn't they like cannibalize Blockbuster there near the end and then jokes on them, they, they yeah, also they, died? They tried. I've got good memories with Blockbuster, but I'll also throw my hat in with Family Video because they really stuck it out there. Yeah. I appreciate that. Right. Couldn't you get like haircuts there too? Probably. <laughs> it was, it was, they were a diverse crowd. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were doing their best. Uh, so yeah, we review these movies from Blockbuster, let's say. And let you know whether you need to go to Blockbuster to find them, watch them, enjoy them, make them a part of your weekly routine. Yeah, rent them for a three-day or a seven-day rental. But uh, remember to be kind and rewind. you got to rewind those DVDs. That's right. It's right. not fair to put that back on them. I think they have a device now where you just plug the, the, the tape in and it will rewind it so you can rewind it while you're watching another movie. Oh, God, oh dude, dude, that's... Right? Modern technology, am I right? It's amazing. Like, that's... We've come so far. Multitasking. That's, yeah. Real quick, before we get into the sort of like meat and potatoes, meat and potatoes of this movie, I do want to talk about one thing real quick. So we, the Elkreps, have put our our brains to work, and like we often say, there's kind of a balance between like the quality of a movie and the amount of people who've seen it. We are strong believers that movies that not a lot of people have seen tend to be enhanced by that fact, and movies that everybody has seen uh have a tendency to kind of be like watered down yeah uh what do i say it a little, de- little too ubiquitous yeah it detracts know? from the movie at, at the very least it detracts from the viewing experience you're not finding a, a hidden gem you get oversaturated exactly. with other people's opinions that you're not capable of forming your own yeah there's a lot of reasons why like you know a movie that everybody has seen like a star Wars, like a star Wars, or shrek or you know, you don't you don't, you don't talk to people about Shrek and Star Wars. You don't try to like, hey, have you heard of this movie? Because of course they have. Yeah, and because of that, if somebody for whatever reason hasn't seen these movies, you've got a litany of problems with that, right? You've got their expectations have probably been set very high. People probably have derided them for not seeing this movie, which maybe builds resentment. You've got people who like if if you've really gone your entire life and you're in your twenties or thirties or fifties and you haven't seen Star Wars. There's probably a reason you haven't seen Star Wars. and There's it, it, probably a healthy amount of reticence there. Yeah, so there are a lot of reasons why you might want to lower the score of a movie if everybody's seen it, and vice versa, enhance the score of a movie if nobody's seen it. Because that's fun, right? Yeah. It's fun, it's fun when nobody's seen a movie and you're like, oh shit, nobody's heard of this. I, I can't wait fucking, to talk I about gotta it. I tell everybody. So we, the Elkreps, put our heads together and we created a metric that hybridizes these two things that will enhance a score if very few people have seen it and it will lower a score if many people have seen it. And we need your help, the listening audience, with the creation of this score. So if you would like to help us, we have created a very simple survey that will gather information about your familiarity with upcoming movies that we're going to review on the podcast. And we're going to use that information to create these adjusted scores. And we're pretty excited about it. Uh, And it's a way for you to kind of participate with what we do and for us to sort of feed that into our review and ratings of these movies. So if you want to be a part of that, please reach out to us at three, again, that is the number three, menandabasement at gmail.com. Just send us an email and we will put you on the mailing list. And like maybe once a week, once every, you know, week and a half, you'll get an email from us or text message if that's what you prefer, just soliciting your feedback on your familiarity with, you know, an upcoming movie. And then that will, that'll help us out. And and we're going to start delivering this new metric probably next episode. Uh, All right. So that's out of the way. Remember to reach out to us if if you want to be a part of this. Um, So this week, what did we watch? 
Spheres of Anger, I think mm. it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very, very, yes. Balls of Fury. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took it. We passed it around. Yeah. Like a, a, like a like a bowl. <laughs> like a joint at a party. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Balls of Fury. Uh, should we start with cherries? I think we, we've all... We've all seen it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mark, you said... I fucking love this movie. How, how, <laughs> how long has it been for you? Uh, well, uh, when did it come out? 2007. 2007. Okay, so the last time I saw it was 2007. <laughs> so, yeah. So good. Xmas Jackson Flax and Waxen? Same for me. I saw it when it came out. Yeah. I have seen this movie dozens of times. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my... I mean, I have many of these, but this is one of my go-to, like, put it on in the background. I know every line in the movie. I'll just fucking let it happen. Dude, the dishes, I don't have to. Yeah, I don't have to laundry. focus too hard. I, I love those movies. They're like... They're like slipping into a warm bath, right? You're yeah. just... You're, you're comforted, and you know exactly what's going to happen. And this is like... Even for uh, somebody who's never seen this movie, it's a very low-stakes movie. Like, you know, it's just, it's super chill. For me, that's Bridget Jones' Diary. Mm. I would not have anticipated that. (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot of through lines there. No, I I don't. If I were a betting man, (laughs) I would have lost a great deal of money on that one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Explain yourself, sir. I love chick flicks. Sue me. I love chick flicks too. I even among chick flicks, I feel like it's a fine movie, but it, I feel like it doesn't lead the pack. It's no, you've got mail. No, you've oh, got God, mail is a classic. That's a good um, one. Return to me, always a good one. While you were sleeping, Ghost of Girlfriends Past, which is on our yes. list. That that's going to come up soon. That's a, a another classic. Yeah, Sixteen um, Candles. Oh yeah, so yeah, but Sixteen Candles, I feel like is. I inevitably like, I turn it on and then I just sit down and watch it. There's like teen movies and then there's like chick flicks. I don't mm-hmm. know if I would put chick flick that is chick flicks. Anyway, this movie is not a chick flick. It is not. No. But there are chicks in it. Yeah. Uh okay. So Balls of Fury, two thousand seven movie, rated PG thirteen. Fair. Eh, yeah. Yep. I think like, you know, mostly for adult themes. Themes. You know, not they're not showing tatas. They're not really swearing very much. It's just sort of yeah. Very adult themes. And and the comedy is, you know, kind of raunchy call, college type humor. Would you call this like is it is it squarely in PG thirteen or is this like a soft PG thirteen? I wouldn't say soft. I would say I, I would give this like a medium, medium plus thirteen. Yeah. Which I feel like our rating scale changes every time. We're like, how strong of a this type of right, rating would right. you get it? It's like, yeah, like medium, medium plus, you know, between A minus and like seven. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. everybody gets it. You know, yeah, that's, that's algebra. <laughs> uh, an hour and thirty minutes on the nosy, in my opinion. Oh yeah, yeah. like it's, it's a ninety-minute movie. Perfect ninety-minute movie. Yep. Um, okay, genres. We got we got comedy, crime, sport. Okay, I did not think that they were gonna put sport in here, and I was actually waiting to jump in to be like, you you would have to call this movie sport. I mean, it Even starts with the Olympics. It really, I mean, it, yeah. it's the main feature of the film, right? It's it is about ping pong. Yeah. And I feel like, even though it's a comedy, I feel like a lot of people would want to leave that off and say, oh, it's a comedy, it's not a sport movie. Sport movies do not do not have to be It lives and dies on drama. the ping pong table. Well, so, yeah, right? It can yeah. kind of like, you know, you can't make the, you know, the Mighty Ducks and not call it a sports movie just because right. it's like funny or a family movie. Yeah. It's, it's a fucking hockey movie. So one of the people that I talked to back in high school, like my guidance counselor told me that I had to go to some, like, therapist. Uh, but... He explained to me that ping pong is the perfect sport because it involves every center of your brain. Hmm. It activates every center of your brain while playing. I, I suppose that's probably true. Like, Coordination, timing, muscle memory, patterns, you know, athleticism. Like, you, you have to be relatively coordinated to play ping pong. This is a man's game. Yeah. <laughs> or a woman's game. Yeah. This is... A person's this game. This is a person's, person's game. This is a person's this is game. Like, right... Yeah. Buckle up, because we're about to play a person's game. Yeah. I do want to, like... There is an interesting tidbit. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, Stuff You Should Know, they did a whole episode on ping pong, and there's a ton of fascinating shit about ping pong, but, like, I think among them is that 
ping pong is actually a proprietary eponym. Uh, so like Kleenex or Band-Aid, where we we call all facial tissues Kleenex and all bandages, uh, adhesive Band-Aids. bandages, Band-Aids. Uh, ping pong is actually a proprietary eponym. Really? Uh, that is the name of a game. Table tennis is actually the, the proper name of the sport. And ping pong was like introduced... Get the hell out of here. Outrageously recently, like in the early 20th century, it was introduced by a game company. I'm not going to say Hasbro, but, you know, a Hasbro type company literally just invented this game and like, I'm going to make up a, a number, but let's say the 1920s. And we're just like, yeah, it's this like fancy game from the Far East. And it's like, or you definitely just made it up and now it's now it's a thing. Um, it doesn't detract. No, I mean it's still a baller game. I'm not not knocking it, but I thought those were some fun little factoids about yeah uh, that I, sure. I learned in that podcast. And definitely check out that episode if you guys now want is, to know more. Is about there a thing. Hydrox uh, version? Oh, I'm sure there are. Yeah, okay. I'm sure there are. Um, even though the irony is Hydrox was the OG. Yeah, Hydrox was the well. You well know. That's what I'm saying. Is there oh, a predecessor did, did to it, Ping Pong? God, did they rip somebody off? I don't think so. Okay. The I, the impression I got is I don't think they ripped anybody off. But I'm sure there were, like, you know, competitors. The, oh, yeah. The Ouija board is the same thing. Yeah. Like, just straight up invented by the toy yep. companies. Uh, okay, sorry. Got a little far afield there, but I hope you learned something. Um, so, yeah, comedy, crime, sport. Are we missing anything? I don't think so. No. I mean, there's a little bit of romance, but it's not a focus of the movie. No. Um, IMDb has the description as... A down-and-out former professional ping-pong phenom, Randy Daytona, is sucked into a maelstrom when FBI agent Ernie Rodriguez recruits him for a secret mission. Randy is determined to bounce back and win, smoke out his father's killer, Archfiend Fang. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah, first of all... That got everything, I think. Yeah. Yep. You know? Yeah. But also, like, what an amazingly colorful description using phenom and, and arch. Ma- and maelstrom. And maelstrom. Like, just just casually dropping that. See, I... Okay. Dude, it, it just adds. Yeah, I know. People, people get, like... People get, like, frustrated when I try to, like, incorporate colorful language sometimes. And they're like, you know, don't be pretentious. And it's like... I don't find it to be pretentious because I'm not using it to like. I try find to, it to be descriptive. I'm not trying to like intimidate anybody or, or or condescend anybody. In my opinion, language is like painting, and I'm not just going to use one color. No, I'm going to use as many colors as I possibly can because it's fun and it's cheery and it's not boring. I'm going to use, and that's fucking awesome. I'm going to use all the colors I can see, both of them. <laughs> I'm going to use both of them colors. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, I'm I'm a fan of four lettered colors. Yeah. But I like some rare colors, too. I, I'll throw a periwinkle in there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what that is. It's uh, it's a blue. It's a it's a type of blue. So it's blue. It's blue, yes. Okay. Do you know it's... blue? Yeah. All right, he knows blue. Yeah. You know blue? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Okay. We go way back. Yeah. Ooh, buddy. I, I think periwinkle was Crayola's billionth crayon. That was... I'm sorry, what was that word? Periwinkle? Periwinkle. No, 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 no. The other one. Billionth. Nope, that, not that one. Crayon. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? How many syllables are in that one? <laughs> There's one in Michigan. It's, <laughs> it's, it's crayon. <laughs> it's crayon, sir, not crayon. <laughs> Wait, is it? we got to get to the bottom of this. Oh, this is a, this is a regional thing. He's saying it because he's from Washington. <laughs> he's, you mean crayon. he's from other? I he, he probably says Pekin, too. What? I don't even know what that is. A pecan instead of a pecan. No, it's a, a pecan. Pe- pecan. A peas in a can. <laughs> when I'm on the road, I absolutely do. Yeah, uh, yeah, so Mr. Rogers, allegedly, they invited him to make that, like, billionth crayon, and it was Periwinkle, from what his, I understand. His billionth crayon? They're, they're, yeah, collectively, their billionth crayon. It just sounds like a character in something. Uh, crayon okay. doesn't even sound like a real word anymore. Uh, okay, so we got to get to who the fuck is in this because it, the <laughs> list goes on and on and on. There's a lot of people too. Uh, ha! Dan Fogler. Uh, Classic. Dan, Dan Fogler is funny as fuck. Uh, you might know him from the Fantastic Beasts franchise. He plays Jacob Kowalski. Yep. The kind of like I don't want to insult Dan because he's a friend of the podcast. He's like. You know, maybe just just under average height, and you know he's he's you know a bit rotund, 
Uh, not unlike myself. He was also, my favorite Dan Fogler thing is Fanboys. Yeah. Uh, he plays Hutch in Fanboys, the guy who's like detailing his, his car and lives in his mom's garage. He was great in school for scoundrels, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, next up, we've got a guy. His name is Christopher Walken. Oh, I thought you were doing George Lopez there. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I was not. Um, but uh, but that, that's a good... Uh, good yes, we got Christopher Walken. I mean, what was Christopher Absolute Walken? Absolute unit. Can, can, we, can we list all the movies Christopher Walken was not in? Yeah, it'd be faster. But no, The Deer Hunter... Catch Me If You Can, Hairspray. He's got 142 IMDb credits. He's if you just... don't know who Christopher Walken is, you've never watched a movie. That's Ag- true. Agreed. I'll agree with that. That's facts. That's um, facts. Uh, born in 1943, uh, for, for people I mean, who are interested. He played goddamn King Louie in The Jungle Book. Dude, I love... Did you see, did did you see him? In the OG one? Not the OG one. The S- one with Bill Murray. There was a Jungle Book with Bill Murray? Yes. <laughs> yeah, he played Baloo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the, the live-action version. Like the 1990s or the recent one? The so relatively recent one. Oh, okay. Because was pretty a... sure ScarJo played. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If it's ScarJo, then this, this is way after. So way we after got my time. Uh, George Lopez. I love George Lopez. Yes. You know what? It's funny. I do not. No. I, I I don't. I love him in this movie. I think he acted the shit out of this movie. He, I don't find him particularly funny. Hmm. He's. Hmm. He, but I I appreciate how hard he turned it on for this this role. Yeah. I really like George Lopez in this movie. Now, we got to talk about the elephant in the room. There is an absolute megastar, total hottie in this movie, James, James Hong. Wong. <laughs> yeah. James Hong, man. Fucking. Dude, he is so awesome. Dude, he's great. In everything that <laughs> everything he does. Everything he does. He plays, he plays the dad from Kung Fu Panda. Oh, <laughs> like... So good. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China, he plays David Lopan. Yep. Wasn't he... Okay, and I, I don't know if this is for sure, but didn't he play what's his face in Mulan? Wasn't he? Um, yeah, he was. The, uh, he was the. What's his name? He was the scribe, not a scribe, yes. but he was like. No, yeah, no, to the I want to say it was, I I say say it was Wu or something, but I. Yeah. Oh, dude, his delivery, his voice he's is so, so iconic, funny. so great. Uh, yeah, it's it's everything about him. It's his 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 voice, his delivery, he's amazing um also he always plays that like character from the far east that's got like a you know an accent and shit like that and the dude was like just straight up born in minneapolis yeah (laughs) just like a testament to how great of an actor you can be that you're putting this on and everybody's just like straight up convinced like what a fucking baller he he played ryan reynolds irl body in ripd yes he did you're right i forgot about that yeah i never saw that I saw both of them. The first one's worth watching. The second one doesn't exist. Yikes. Yikes. Uh, we got Maggie Q in this. She's very, very familiar. Oh, yeah. Um, but Listen, why? we would all like to be familiar with Maggie Q. Why, uh, yeah. why is she familiar? Because honestly, like, I couldn't tell you what she's been in that really? she's familiar for. But, like, she just has, like, that face. I don't know. Insurgent, The Prototype, Fantasy Island, Designated Survivor. Mission Impossible 3. Yes. Ah, oh, no. Rush Hour 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was girl in the car. All right, I, I got dragged into watching like the first season of Designated Survivor. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, that that might be it too. Allegiant, Stalker, Divergent. She plays Nikita in Nikita, and Hokey Dinas. Yep, that is a great show. Uh, Priest. She plays one of the priestess characters. She's badass in that movie, too. She's badass in every movie. She's pretty badass. Speaking of badass, Terry Crews is in this motherfucking movie. I love Terry Crews. Genuine hero. The way his pecs move. <sighs> Terry Crews is so amazing. He's a flautist. I, I have no doubt. He I, was, I, I'm not, I can't even, oh, I've like... I've seen it. I, I believe you. I just, I just... You say that, and I just believe you He offhand. can also play the drums without lifting his hands. You just think he, just, he did that on an Old Spice commercial. Does he just, like, lean over? And no. Is... Like, he just he just activates his muscle groups independently and played, like, a 32-piece kit. God damn it, dude. Terry Crews can do anything. <laughs> anything. Like, it's fucking phenomenal. That dude slays. I might even elect him president. I would. Oh, President Dwayne Elizondo, Mountain Dew Camacho. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so good. Uh, t- 
<laughs> Terry Crews, you might know from Idiocracy, plays uh, President Camacho. Brooklyn Nine Nine. He was in Brooklyn Nine Nine. He was in you know the Expendables franchise. Longest Yard. Yeah, I mean Terry Crews's White Chicks is was kind of one of his <laughs> oh, breakout God, roles. It's I, I feel like Terry Crews is one of those celebrities who's transcended the movies that he's in. Yes, and he is famous for being himself. Yes. Like, you know, like almost like a like a Tom Hanks. You know, like he's just he well. I mean, is, in know. Brooklyn Nine Nine, he plays Sergeant Terry Jeffords. Of like he does. He, he's basically cast as himself. Do anything, he and wants. he refers to himself in the third person the whole time. I love it. I love it. A couple of people that you'd know by face, perhaps, but not by name. We got Robert Patrick, yep. who uh, everybody will remember as the T One Thousand from motherfucking T2 Judgment yes. Day. Yep. Uh, the dude who walks through the bars, the liquid metal guy. That Diedrich dude, Bader. Yep. Diedrich Bader played uh, the voice of Batman in the more recent animated series. I always know him as Cousin Jethro. Jethro Bodine from the Beverly Hillbillies movie the from the 1990s. Uh, and also was the main fella's neighbor in Office Space. The kind of the dude who <laughs> wanted to do two chicks at the same time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else we got? Aisha Tyler. Uh, you would recognize her most definitely, but you would probably recognize her voice from Archer. Yeah. Yeah. That that's she's iconic for that for me because I I love that show. Yeah. Archer. Um, I think she's also like hosts Whose Lines It Anyway now. Yes. Yes. That's definitely where I would know her. She replaced Drew Carey. Thank God. Uh, Thomas Lennon. Oh, I love Thomas Lennon. Thomas Lennon Lennon is fucking amazing. So, Sergeant Dangle from Reno 911. Mm -hmm. He was in I Love You, Man. He plays one of the mixed up dates that that ends up coming on to uh, Paul Rudd's character. Yeah, he is just fucking amazing. Uh, I love Thomas Lennon. You'd know Thomas Lennon if you saw him. And then uh, Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, who Most is... Most badass human on the planet. He's so fucking cool, I can't even handle it. He was Johnny Tsunami's grandpappy, and he was also motherfucking Shang Tsung in dude, Mortal Kombat. Dude, he is like the most badass person alive. He was full in Planet of the Apes. Full stop. He was also the leader of the fucking Sang Brotherhood in The Phantom. Um, for me personally, and maybe maybe this is like more indicative of like my age or whatever, my generation. But Shang Tsung, like you know, oh, like he's you said, like, Shang Tsung, man. Yeah. like he's just... he will never escape that role the, in my mind. That just the the image of him like pointing at the camera, going, "Your brother's soul is mine." And just you're just way. like, "Oh no, so not his brother!" <laughs> so badass, so good. Uh, okay, so. I, uh, do we have any anybody else we want to shout out real quick? But we, we David Koechner is has a bit role in this. The guy with the droopy mouth from like Anchorman, and he plays yep. Chet. Yep, yep. Uh, we we had Patton Oswalt. Yeah, Jason it. Scott Lee. Yep. Oh, Patton Oswalt. Yeah, I forgot. That. Yeah. Oh, Jason Scott Lee. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. It's got like that 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 troop, you know, of of actors, which I think like is always, in my opinion, is sometimes a good sign and sometimes a bad sign for a movie, right? Like. A movie like, uh, what is it, like New Year's Eve and Valentine's Day, right? Yeah. It, it felt like it's just fucking a dumpster fire. And it feels, because I think it feels like all of these people were under contract to create this ensemble cast. And they're like, we can just draw in a whole bunch of suckers to watch this movie that's only made for this one, this one day's release. And we can just cash in as much as possible. Versus like a movie like this or like old school or something like that. Like, you know. Movies where, like, the cast list goes so deep and you get the vibe that, like, it's so deep because I think these people have a lot of friends that they like yeah. that are also famous people and those friends are doing them favors because they like working together. Right. And they're like, come on, yeah, I'll come on set for a day and play a fucking bit part, sure. Yeah. You know, like... For sure. Just, I, I get that vibe from this movie. Yeah, the, the, the bit characters, like, they look like they were just having fun with it. Yes. You know, like... You know, how are you getting Christopher Walken to come in here and play, like, the lead antagonist? Like, you can tell that he was having fun with that role. Yeah, and that his was not even close to a bit part. He had and, a huge part. Oh, yeah. I would venture to guess that a lot of these guys signed on for the project because of Christopher Walken. They'd be like, well, fuck, if, if Walken's doing it, I have to <laughs> Must do be it. good. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 and I don't know this for sure, but, like, I bet there was a lot of ad-libbing and, like, just... You know, just kind of flying off the cuff with it. Yeah, um, we we don't typically call out writers, but Thomas Lennon, I, I noticed for the first time, was actually a writer on this, and I think this movie. It, I'm actually a little disappointed in its IMDb score. I'm not going to say it because we don't do that on this podcast, but like, uh, it's wrong. 
I think it's I think it's incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I also think like ignoring that score, I think this movie is a good showcase of Thomas Lennon's writing ability and like specifically like the comedic dialogue. Right. Like just the fucking the dialogue is so goddamn funny. I, I equate this movie with like Anchorman for me, in that it's like a similar kind of vibe where like you go in to have a good time. Yeah. And if you're not trying to have a good time, maybe 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 it falls flat. I I don't know. Like I just I love this movie. It's so fucking quotable too. Um so can we move on to recommendations? Uh you got a you got a big old thumbs up on this side of the table. I got you, fam. Yeah. I'm going all the way up two thumbs. Mm-hmm. You know, tickle that hemorrhoid. I, I don't, yeah, I don't, but I don't think there's anybody I really wouldn't recommend this movie because I feel like it's not even raunchy to the point where I wouldn't like Right, exactly. It's yeah. not it's not the kind of thing that's like if if I recommend this to somebody and they end up not liking it, I don't think I'm they're they're not gonna be like offended or like, you know, how the fuck could you rec you know, like so I didn't recommend yeah. them Tokyo Gore police. <laughs> you know, it's well, like that's why I, I, I equate it to like Anger Man, where yeah, it's, exactly. it's, it's just universally palatable and like the only reason you're not gonna enjoy it is if you're not trying to have a good time. No. Yeah. I say this all the time. I wouldn't recommend this to my wife. But my wife said something to me today that actually shook me a little. And that was, if I hadn't married you, I probably would have never seen another movie. Wow. Whoa. She says to the man who is one of the hosts of a movie review podcast. A very very universally praised and prolific podcast, nonetheless. Absolutely. You know. Wow. Whew. So are we ready to... <laughs> did you mean to do that? I did. That's That sounded like it hurt. Whoa, 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 No, it's pronounced... You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So does that mean we're in spoilers? We are on spoilers. Don't listen any further. God damn. Damn it. If you don't want any spoilers, like, what are you doing? Turn it off. Turn it off. Actually, turn it back on. Turn it back on. We yeah. need the views. Don't turn it off. We need the views, okay? I love you. I I lust you. Ooh. It's... I'm, uh, I'm, like, I'm, like, lukewarm on you. Fair. I'm, like, uh, something I heated up in the microwave and then forgot about because I had to poop and then came back and it was like, it's still a little warm. Yeah. It's, I'm, I feel that way about you. Right. You know, I mean, it's... The listener I'm talking, not you guys. You guys are like the thing that I, you know, I hold off the poop, so I, I get you nice and hot. Right, right. So, like, what you're saying is, like, you're into them right up to the point where, like, you gotta poop. It's like the coffee exactly. that I put in the microwave because it got too cold after I, you know, didn't drink it. And then I watched an episode of Orphan Black, and then it ended on a cliffhanger, and I've got to put the next DVD in the PlayStation, and then I go, shit, I forgot about my coffee. But it's still above room temperature yeah. yeah you know what that's that's very articulate of yeah. you articulate articulate it's yeah. a very articulate mm, yeah we we'll think we're being pretty articulate here. Uh, yeah that happened yesterday all right so this movie so what uh, what happened in this movie start, dude. okay so it starts off with i mean would you call it a flashback if it starts off this way no mm. no i think it's it's where the movie starts and then it flashes forward yeah yeah we got a young randy daytona uh side note badass name Right? Um, Born for NASCAR. What is he at? Is he at the Olympics? Like, what is Yeah, he's in Seoul, Korea. Yeah, he's a 12-year-old playing in the Olympics, just taking names. And, I mean, this, it's it's a relatively, like, quick... And he's a he's bit. a long jumper? Yes. That... Yes. Um, so what? Long what jumper is... who also plays ping pong ah, inside okay. it in the, yes. at, at an Olympic level. <laughs> um, but he, he has a bit of a horizontal. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yes. <clears throat> oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and a lateral. Yes. Uh, so yeah, he's playing ping pong in the Olympics. It's going very well for him. He's just sort of slaying opponents. Comes up to play East Germany, and he ends up matched against a player named Karl Wustag, played by Thomas Lennon. Fantastic. And, <laughs> and uh, his dad ends up putting money on the game because he's a gambling. Because he's a gambling addict. Uh, we should mention that, like, just preceding this, there was this sort of montage explaining his sort of meteoric rise to like fame, kind of in like a maybe like a Bobby Fischer style, yeah. uh, in the way that he captivated America's imagination and sort of like represented America on the world stage at a young age. Uh, but at the same time, maybe maybe like 
Bobby Fischer mixed with like Michael Jackson because there was also like endorsement deals and like you know he was in McDonald's commercials and shit. Yeah, you know Bobby Fischer didn't really do that. So I always get Bobby Fischer mixed up with Bobby Farron. That's that's fair. Don't worry, be happy. Couple that's, of bobs. Is that is that Farron? Yeah. Fair enough. Fair, yeah. fair enough. Ah. Uh, so Daddy puts some money down with Shang Soon, and uh, <laughs> it's always a losing bet. Yeah, he should have known better than that. Right. Right. Last time I saw Shang Tsung, Shang Tsung, Shang Tsung, Shang Tsung, Is that racist? I don't know if that's racist. It's not. It's, oh, God. He's got a complicated name. I don't know. I can't weigh in on that. He's got a complicated name. But anyway. Just just intentionally fuck up a name like Dan Smith, like, an hour later, and people will be like, well, he just has trouble with names. Right, 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 right. So. He's not racist. He's just dumb. Oh, man. I mean, there's a whole conversation that could be had around that. Yeah, I know. Uh, those, those two things have a relationship already. Yeah. <laughs> right? They hold hands. Anyhow. Okay. So, okay. Obviously, not a good idea. And so, Randy, Randy panics, as I would too. Like, yeah, that kind of pressure would fucking yeah. slay me. Oh, yeah. He loses the game. His dad gets hauled off, like, to get killed. And he takes kind of a nasty spill. That's how he loses the game. He gets disqualified and looks into the camera and says, I'm going to Disneyland. Yeah. Because uh, they, they kept telling him, they're like, this is what you say. This is what you say when the camera's on you. Here's what you say. And they hold up like the cue cards. And he's like, all right, Randy, what's your line? Yeah. And he holds up the cue card. And he's like, I got this. Don't worry about it. So then he, you know, biffs it. And <laughs> he's laying on the ground, concussed, and just looks at the camera and goes, I'm going to Disneyland. Yep. And Which this, this he never him. lives down. Nope. Yeah. Full disclosure, I'll bring it up later, but this was my quote because it just kind of follows him his entire life. And like it is it is the through line of ridicule for him. Um so Daddy dies, we flash forward, what was it? Nineteen six? years. Well, I thought it was fourteen years. Either way. It was many a year. Yep. Many a year. You know, roughly a decade and a half. And what is he in like Reno, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, doing a some hole in the wall casino, doing like a lunch bu- lunch buffet <laughs> the, entertainment. The Pepper Mill. Oh my god! <laughs> um, but no, I mean he's he's impressive with his you know with rickety rack. Uh yeah, so he has a show, kills a guy as one does. It's Reno. Yeah. Uh, he ends up getting approached in his dressing room by Lopez. David Lopez's character, George. George Lopez's character. David Lopez. I'm not good with names. It's not racist. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Could you cut this out, David? <laughs> David. God. Um, fucking damn it, Dave. Anyway. What's, his, what's his name? Agent Adrian Rodriguez. Adrian Rodriguez allegedly tries to recruit him into the FBI to get back on the circuit, win a bunch of games, and get invited to a tournament that Fang, the bad guy, Fang, Fang, Fang is throwing so they can get a lock on this guy's location and, you know, blow his whole operation because he's not just the bad guy in ping pong, he's the bad guy in every other arenas, too. He's just a generic bad guy. Which is just hilarious because they they take him and, like, you're thinking that, like, wow, he's, like, this, like, super skilled player, but they just take him around to, like, other ping pong players who are, like, much better than he is at that time and, like, I'm, like, just thinking to myself, like, why why didn't you get them? You're right, you're right. Why? What are you doing? Took this guy out of retirement to compete against people who have been actively competing for twenty or thirty years. Yeah, to be to be trained by other. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It doesn't. Who cares, man? It's There's, a, there are a number of loopholes in this movie. Believe it or not, <laughs> doesn't matter. Uh, so they end up taking him to a local high school gymnasium where uh, a tournament is being held, and he gets his ass kicked by an asthmatic. This was Patton Oswalt's move. It was so great, dude. Patton Oswalt is such a f- fucking a turd. Yeah, he's good at playing like a twerpy shit. Yeah. His nickname locally is The Hammer. <laughs> yeah, he's endorsed by Boost Mobile. You know? It's like right Fucking on his legendary. Uh, so they realize pretty quick that Randy needs a trainer. So they end up taking him to Chinatown and introducing him to Mr. Wong. Uh, who runs the Happy Mushu Palace and then does ping pong training on the side. And Mr. Wong, along with his niece, Maggie Q. Played by Maggie Q. Uh, 
She's mad. Mark's she's mad. It is Midwestern accent. She is mad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, uh, they run the Happy Mushu Palace and train new ping pong players. It doesn't go well. They're, uh, it does not. They don't train Guaylo. Guaylo. Round eye. Yeah. They kind of push him off until he sort of, they explain like, oh, by the way, we're doing this all to get Fang. And then Mr. Yeah. Wong, who was Fang's former master... And Fang also lured his brother, Maggie Q's character's father, tried to lure him into the dark side, and then when he tried to break away, Fang killed him. So, killed his brother, former pupil. A lot of history there. A lot of history. Yeah, a lot of backstory. But uh, his cooperation with the Gwailal does not go over well. Um, He's not racist, he's just dumb. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You're gonna be stupid. I can be stupid. I can be stupid. <laughs> I'm well practiced at it. I can be stupid. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm not playing dumb. Doesn't go well with uh, the local ping pong uh, lords. Yeah, I guess <laughs> the elders. Yes, yes. Which the, like the can, Chinatown can it elite get more elderly than James Hong. James Hong. He seems he seems like he would be on the upper limit of the elders in any community. He doesn't have a Fu Manchu, so. He did in Big Trouble Little China. But not in this movie. No, yeah, but... Yeah. I uh, feel like once a Fu Manchu, always a Fu Manchu. Mm, if only that were true. Well, that's a That, like, wanting look in your eye, I'm not sure if that... I'm not sure what that's meant to convey, but... Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the locals <laughs> trash the, uh, the Mushu Palace and... Uh, the Happy Mushu Palace. Yeah. In order to restore Wong's honor, more or less, they need to go to uh, this... Like, I don't know, what would you call it? Like a, like a back alley? Like two steps away from an opium den. Like it's a dark, smoky basement where people are smoking, betting, and playing games of luck. The seedy underbelly of table tennis. <laughs> so so one, of my, one of my quotes leads off with that. When they walk up, James Hong says to Dan Fogler's character, Randy Daytona, Welcome to the underbelly of ping pong, where fortunes are won and lost. I'm exaggerating, of course, but you get my point. People bet on ping pong here. So good. So good. One of my favorite moments in this scene, he's going up against this legendary player known as the Dragon. Best player in Chinatown. No one has beat the Dragon. And the Dragon's enforcer... Sorry, real quick. Beat the Dragon is both a euphemism for something that some of us might do in the shower. Mm Mm-hmm. It is also a great band name, and I'm jotting it down. All right. Beat the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. That comes after Enter the Dragon. So you en- enter the dragon, then beat we're, the dragon. We're getting, like, dangerously close to domestic violence. Here. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. You gotta punch, uh, so punch the wyvern. Nobody... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Love it. It's going to be such a hard podcast to edit because I don't know, like, what I should take out and what I shouldn't. Just fucking leave it all in. (laughs) Okay, so the Dragon's Enforcer. Yeah, so the Dragon's Enforcer is like, hey, you have to pay to play. And he slaps his $5 bill on the table. And he's like, it's $4 to enter. You have change for a five. This is all I got. (laughs) So good. Classic Eddie, am I right? (laughs) Fucking Eddie. It's so dumb. It's so good. I love it. Uh, so he plays the dragon. How did that turn out? Dude, kicks the dragon's ass. 3-0. Um, yeah. Dragon. Also, the dragon turns out to be like a nine-year-old girl. Okay, that's irrelevant. Yeah. He kicks he played ass. the game and he won. It's true. She cried like a baby. Yeah, like a little bitch. And, and then he gloated. Sack up. Come on. God. Dude, we all love pushing over children. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> And we all have children, so we get that opportunity pretty often. Yeah, right. it's, it's a daily occurrence around here. See, I focus less on pushing down and more on picking up because she knocks her own self down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you, help, you need to help out in that arena. Yeah. So naturally, having whooped the dragon's ass, as planned, they catch the attention of Fang, and they get an invitation to the tournament, the tournament of balls. Um, the balls of fury! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Okay, so we got a quick little. It's not. Is it a montage? It's not a montage. But they, uh, they make their way to to Fang's compound. It's not a montage. No, there's there maybe like a teeny tiny 
montage where they're like getting prepped and getting their materials yeah. ready. You know what I'm saying? But, and then the travel is also sort of part of that part of yeah. the montage. They That's, end up... That part's great though. <laughs> like there's this clue written on the back of the golden paddle, which is the invitation. And they're trying to decipher the clue because, you know, it's all cryptic. And he's like, oh, okay. So where two hands meet, like on a clock, which is noon, which is Wednesday, nine letters. And it's written in a haiku, which means that it's going to be at an airfield, you know, and they're like... Japanese company, yeah. Haiku Industries. Haiku like Industries. Private hangar there. And she's <laughs> like, wow, how did you know that? And he goes, well, it's written in English on the back of the paddle. See, like, on my airfield, Wednesday noon. <laughs> so good. So, good. so, they, so good. they show up to the airfield, and there's this beautiful private jet, this jet black. It's sleek. It's sexy. And he's like follow me and they start walking towards the plane and he hangs a left and they follow him and it the camera pans over to a fucking charter bus it's like a bus out of like 1975 like this bus it's this bus has been running out. a minute and it's yeah. got some stank in it <laughs> george lopez <laughs> says something to the effect of what are we going to tijuana <laughs> yeah uh so they end up somewhere somewhere in central america you it's can't actual subtitles you can't see my my hands i'm doing air quotes somewhere in central america at Fang's compound, and they get introduced to everybody who's there, all of the other competitors. Turns out Karl Wurstag is there, <gasps> uh, along with Freddy Fingers. Ah! Oh my god, <laughs> fucking Terry Crews. Oh, Terry so Crews. He's so over the top of it, and I fucking love it. Um, characters are so good. And then a few other sort of like minor characters that are there. Like a Japanese guy that's wearing like a sumo diaper, <laughs> and there's a couple of other actors that don't have any lines but they're playing up yeah these. just kind of like to it, it's just to add color to the the field yeah. right like yep. it, it's very much like a, like a mortal combat like nod you know not yes. only because we've got fucking shank soon there but like it, it's a tournament to the death we learned that pretty quickly yeah 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 if you if you lose a game of ping pong in this arena you get a blow dart to the neck and by blow dart it's really just like a golf T uh, T yeah shot into the neck <laughs> only only maybe like like a quarter inch kills you though probably poisoned Ki- kills you dead I don't know if it's poison maybe it's just a just a very accurate blow dart yeah. that will hit the the right nerve to just stop your heart that's how yeah. it works um, straight to the jugular so like in very quick succession we Lu Shang Tsung because they were late and the soup got cold yep <laughs> right I think Terry Crews was the so before they ha- he has his first match with Terry Crews, they have to stay their first night there. Oh, and yes. so he stays his first night there. Uh, yeah. And as they are sort Court of like, arms. yeah, as they are sort of showing him to his room, he gets invited to partake in one of Mister Fang's uh, courtesans of pleasure, um, which are selected worldwide. Yeah, and they are they are trained in both the sensual and the erotic arts. And he thinks about it, and he kind of says no at first, and then when he hears that they're tr- so highly trained, he says, you know, ah, oh, well, you well, know, I don't want to be rude. I don't be rude. Uh, which, actually, I will say, is probably... And there's a lot of this movie that, like I said, the whole thing's quotable. I quote a lot of this movie randomly, but I think that is the one that I say the most, and it's the one that, like, I use so casually, like, I don't think people know it's a quote, but, like, if somebody's trying to twist my arm on something, and I, <laughs> I'm always like... Well, I don't want to be rude. <laughs> That's like me with Princess Bride. I always say, very well, I accept. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and so the courtesans come in, and they are lovely. Yeah, quite lovely. Very handsome gentlemen. Yes. A bunch of, like, uh, late 20s... Beef muscle ca- dudes. Beefcakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good. All wearing fucking, tank tops. Fucking Diedrich Bader. They're, they're bros. They're they're all, like... Oh, yeah. Like, they're yeah. all named Chad. For yeah, sure. Right? For sure. Um, and so he is not as interested as he... Once was. Once was. Not quite his jam. And so he tries to, like, weasel his way out. Doesn't work. She selects one, and then the rest of them leave, and he gets informed that, like, the guy has to stay there, otherwise he will get a blow dart to the neck. So uh, the guy stays the night in his room. Play some boggle. They end up playing boggle all night. You cannot defeat him. He's the boggle master. (laughs) (laughs) So he ends up going to his first round. Plays Freddy Fingers. Ah! (laughs) Ah! (laughs) <laughs> wins. Freddy Fingers dies. Yep. 
Yep. And we and learn they haul him off in a sheet. We learn that sudden death is actually he that he should have he should have understood what sudden death meant. Yep. Right. 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 Well, what did you mean when I said sudden death? Yep. I think we have like another like match or two with unimportant characters, but it kind of leads to uh, a bit where Fang takes him out on like a tour of the compound and kind of like exposes him to his criminal side. You know, they they manufacture weapons that can slip through metal detectors, shows him this fancy ping pong table. Uh, that electrifies his opponents. Yeah, really, they're just kind of setting up a final The secret scene. to this ping pong table will shock you. <gasps> Foreshadowing? No, I, I actually work as a, as a salesman for that ping pong company. Oh, cool. Uh, like on the side. But. How much? Oh. Uh, it's one of those, like, we don't put prices in the windows. You got to get a, a quote, a quote. So that's fair. Two dollars, not two dollars, but perhaps three, two and a half. Three fitty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so gets a tour of the compound. He feeds that information to Lopez, Lopez and David, David Lopez, <laughs> uh, feeds that information to George Lopez's character. And the next day, while he's basically just, like, fucking going through the thing, playing people, people dying left and right, he and Karl Wurstag are just fucking, like, slaying through the ranks. George Lopez goes and places a tracker, yada yada, after a beat. The guy, the, the boss battle. The FBI doesn't show up when they should, because the tracker had been placed. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh okay, so, like, at one point, Lopez um, tells him, you know, hey, like, meet me in the bathroom. And he, he Meet goes, me in the bathroom in two minutes. Yeah, he goes to do that, and then, like, just out of nowhere, like, he jumps out. I forget exactly how it happens, but, like, he just shatters his arm. He shoves, he, a, he shoves, shoves a roll toilet of paper toilet in. paper in his mouth and then pulls him, in, like, partially into a stall and then smashes the stall door on his arm and breaks it. That's, like, his, his grand plan to, like, get him disqualified and, like, get them out yes, of there. Yes, in the tournament where they kill the losing person, you will get out by simply breaking your arm and having to leave for medical reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, Feng plays it up. He's like, oh, well, I'm sorry that you're injured. Uh, I really would have liked... For you to reconsider my offer, you know, email me at Feng. You know, I, I don't remember his email address. But Prada fan. Prada fan. Yeah. <laughs> Prada fan since I was 61 or something like that at gmail.com. Prada fan is all one word. <laughs> and he then, says it like that, too. So he, he, he's like, he, he mutters something in Chinese and they throw. He says, Shaka Hao, <laughs> which apparently means let that be a lesson to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> defenestrate these men so they throw him through this paper door and he basically reveals his grand plan he's like you think good guys are the only ones with trackers and he pulls off rodriguez's name tag and slides it open to reveal a tracking device and they were like ah you got us blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. He's, yeah he's he's forced to he's forced to play Karvushtag. yeah and uh there's a pretty sick musical montage yeah uh and then it doesn't go well fang gets bored decides to kill carl and brings in maggie, maggie q and forces them to play yada yada it, it sort of meanders it meanders a little bit it does involve one of my quotes though so i'm gonna say it here so he serves and she just lets it bounce off of her and she's like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna play you so he serves again, bounces off of her, bounces onto his side of the table, and bounces off, which is her point. He's using her, her body as as the the paddle. Yeah, and she's like, which Randy. sounds so much sexier than it, it than it is. Really does. <laughs> and she says, Randy, I'm trying to sacrifice my life for our love. Stop being such a dick. <laughs> so good. I'd be lying if I said I hadn't heard that one before. Yeah. I, you know. It's, you get called Randy a lot? I do. I'm not proud of that fact. Fair. <laughs> but that that's private. That's pri- that's that's between me and the seven dwarves. Spanky was always my favorite. Spanky, clanky, and Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever a man and a woman and another woman with a penis and a midget do to a donkey with a balloon, that is their own goddamn business. <laughs> hey. Logistics. What, what Sneezy does in the bedroom is his business, right? <laughs> I think we all know what Sneezy does in the bedroom. Coke. That's fair. He does coke. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, Fang gets bored 
quite quickly of this like display of love and decides that he's just going to kill both of them. And this just kind of like turns into the climactic. George Lopez steals a gun, starts firing, everybody scatters. Yeah. And then they basically end up like they scatter, they get recaptured by Fang. He forces them into that area with the ping pong table well, the electrified Randy ping pong table. actually forces them into that so Randy come, comes up yeah. with the master plan he's like Kinda we never sorta. figured out who Wong's you know best pupil was and Fang was like ah fine you got me <laughs> yeah I think we so, all know so, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah fucking just randomly Wong, Wong, Wong goes like I think at this point we all assume that it is Randy <laughs> <laughs> so Randy's master plan is that he's gonna play Feng to the death on this electrified table with special vests that don't let you let go of the paddle. And I love how like the electrified vest thing, he focused on the fact that it, it helps you hold the paddle and neglected to mention that if you miss a point, it shocks you with increasing voltage up to and including killing you. Yep. Because it, those batteries pack enough wallop to kill 3.8 men. It's true. That could be a Duracell. It could be, it could be. Yeah, Duracell, if you're listening. Yeah, well, how about a sponsorship deal? Yeah, we'll take money. We, I I will take my money, Mark's money. I'll take oh, Jackson's money, maybe. That was the Energizer bunny. Oh, I thought that was... Never mind. I, I thought he was beating yeah. up two dicks at once. Right, 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 right. No, um, that's on Fridays. That's right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it is a it is a Wednesday. Yeah. Sorry. Not yet. It's a Tuesday. Yep. Uh, okay, they play. Everybody else scatters. They scatter because, incidentally, I don't forget exactly how it happens. Randy, Randy serves and knocks the self-destruct button that will blow up the entire compound onto the ground, incidentally arming it to explode. Which, to explode. I feel like, <laughs> to explode. <laughs> which I feel like, when you're in, like, evil villain university. Yeah. I feel like there should be a class on, like, do not install self-destruct mechanisms. It never works out. It is, no. it is historically, it's never worked out. It has never worked out to the advantage, should I say, of the evil mastermind. Was not that, on screen. Was it a president, uh, was it President Scrooge? You know, what is that, from Spaceballs? Scroob. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude, it just, it just <clears throat> never works out. Doesn't work out. Literally every Bond villain has been fucked over by this. And if they just, like... Just one. It doesn't even have to be a class. A goddamn seminar. Just yeah, like a, a, a symposium. A webinar. Yeah, even. yeah. Literally, just like some type of PSA. That's like, listen, guys. We Send know. An email. We know everybody likes this. We know it's fashionable. But like, maybe, you know, maybe it's not the villain. Maybe it's the contractor. Mm, that's a possibility. Maybe there's a limited number of contractors who will work with that network. You've. I think you've just described the plot of Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Star Wars. We don't discuss a Star Wars here. Well, we've been known to. So everybody scatters after the self-destruct starts to go off. And Diedrich Bader, fucking <laughs> cousin Jethro, Fang has a panda. And you just hear <laughs> you hear Diedrich Bader go, I'm going to save the panda. And then you hear his, his little feet go. And then you like hear him, like, kind of gets quieter. And then, you, and then he comes back. <laughs> he goes, Pitch dead. <laughs> then he keeps running. <laughs> well, because well, he kind of like set it up. There was like a point earlier in the movie where Christopher Walken's like showing him around, and he's like, "Get this panda. I don't really know what they eat. Put me dead." And then he just like walks away. <laughs> so good. It's just a glass pane. You don't know how hard it is to get a panda. <laughs> Pitch dead. <laughs> uh, That's terrible. So it wraps up kind of exactly as you'd expect, right? So they're playing the pingy pongies. And everybody else is escaping, and then they meet up. It's and then revealed they make that it home. the rules of the game are altered so that you don't have to bounce it off the table. One bounce still counts. Yeah. One bounce still really? counts. The, the, the that's, a ba- that's a band name. That's a band name. Well, yeah. Or is that a song? Mm, One I think still that's a counts. song. But who sings it? Beat the Dragon. Do they? One bounce still counts. Yeah. Panda's dead. Panda's dead. Panda's dead plays One Bounce Still Counts. Yeah. I was going to say Panda's Dead's a good, like, final track on an album. I feel like Panda's Dead is, like, it brings in, like, Dead Kennedys. A little. But, but I don't think Panda's Dead is... I feel like Panda's Dead is, like, a an early 90s alt-rock grunge-adjacent band, like Blind Melon. Yeah. I feel and, like Panda's Dead. And specifically, like, East Asian punk band before K-pop. 
But you love K-pop. Yeah. So does Mina. Does she? Is she, she big into K-pop? A little bit. Uh, okay, so uh, that's pretty much it. It wraps up, put a bow on it, roll credits. Anything else on, on description of Zerfilmenguden? I mean, the big the big final boss battle, they're fighting on this rickety bridge, and Randy outsmarts Fang and gets him to shock himself by scoring a point. He falls off the bridge and dies in the river. Because Fang's got no backhand. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Nah. No. No. Uh, I, I love this movie. What do we like about this movie, specifically? The, the, the comedic timing, you know? Like, this is just... If if you're here to have a good time, like it just it just serves it up. I will say there's nothing fascinating about this movie. I mean, the cinematography, the soundtrack, nothing about it is like legendary, but it's all perfect for this genre. All the pieces are like more than the sum of their parts. Yeah. So the acting in this movie is fantastic. Like Dan Fogler absolutely delivers. He's so good in this. George yeah. Lopez, aka David really delivers on his role too maggie q is just hot she's also really funny like i she is she's, really funny. I, I, she's not the kind of person who i think gets cast for her like comedic chops but i think her delivery in this was pretty good yeah. and yeah. james hong i would watch him do anything james hong is hot yeah this is spicy yeah he's spicy he's... i so for me that boy is a spicy dumpling yeah. <laughs> It's not racist. It's just dumb. Everybody's got dumplings. Oh my god! Uh, Everybody's got dumplings. There's ooh. a. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. That's uh, one for Panda's dead. That's... <laughs> so I know this is like super subjective, but like I love a comedy that like takes it right up to the point of like stupidity, and like like it knows where to stop. You know, like some comedies, and it's super subjective. So you know, I I don't know how much of this is applicable for you guys, but like I don't like stupid comedies, but this is very much a stupid comedy. But yeah, like, for me, comedy. like it, this is not a Seth Rogen James Franco stupid. comedy. I fucking love, uh, but I love, I love, yeah, those. I love those I for can't. a different reason though. <laughs> like, I like I just watched Neighbors. This. That's a fucking stupid comedy. Yeah, like there's, there's like it doesn't. I don't know. I feel like this one. I feel me. like this one is more shtick than Neighbors. Yeah, but like, what, what is it? It's like it's intangible. You know, I, I, I compared it to like. Anchorman. I feel like Anchorman is a good comparison. Yeah, but like, okay, Land of the Lost, I felt went too far with it. Yeah. Oh god, I love that movie. I don't know. I, I don't. Maybe, maybe it's impossible to like. Actually I put define. this one on the same shelf as Dodgeball. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for some obvious reasons, too. Yeah. It's, it's a sport comedy. But like, I, I don't know how to how to say what I'm I'm trying to say. Like, it's, it's an intangible. I actually wonder if like this movie was trying to capitalize on some of Dodgeball's success. It's entirely possible. Was this before Dodgeball or after? I think so. I feel like Dodgeball was maybe 2005. I feel like this preceded it maybe, or that that preceded it by maybe Very two similar. years. ESPN ate the Ocho. If it's almost a sport, we've got it here. Uh, I feel like, I, I, I totally agree, and I feel like that what you're talking about, the sort of like withheld comedy, where they could go further and they don't, I feel like that's a hallmark of like, Thomas Lennon. I feel like that's why Thomas Lennon's work in like Reno 911 was so successful and sort of yeah. something that I feel like it's difficult for people to replicate. And it's also like why that show stood out so much is because they made it feel both organic, but also not like going so far as to as to make it silly. Yeah. In, in some ways, it's almost like an abstract humor where it's just difficult to define. It Which had... I feel like we're talking about this because we're really trying to dissect it. But I feel like somebody watching this is going to like hear what we're saying and just be like, it was a bunch of dick and fart jokes. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's why that's why we're here. That is why we're here. Yeah. We wouldn't be ultra crepidarians if we weren't here trying to pull meaning out of out of dick and fart exactly. jokes. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. I I agree. I thought the acting was fantastic. Writing was awesome. What about uh, things we might not have liked? Find something I don't like about this movie, but I will say I kind of already touched on this, but the cinematography was boring. There's really? no creative shots. What? Okay. This is something that I'm glad you brought that up. Okay. Because I'm going to challenge this point. All right. The I'm over here sweating. Yeah. <laughs> there were the uh, like the almost like Matrix inspired shots with the ping pong. Where, yeah. Like, oh, like Freddy fingers, and they did like the 360 around them. Yeah. Okay. Question: <clears throat> Was that cinematography? Yeah. Or was that CGI? That was CGI. No, it was still cinematography though. But also the reason to get the 360. The ball might have been hovering, but that was not. 2007 CGI. They either had multiple cameras or they swung a camera around right, him while right. he held, held very still. But I mean, that that's the only that that's the only thing in my arsenal that I can push back on that with. But 
That's fair. That's fair. I still think that the cinematography was boring. I'm kind of I'm kind of neutral on this point, so I'm not gonna. I will say I, I do think that the argument that you make, Mark, was fairly convincing. That that point was, pr- I think, pretty devastating because that was like kind of a that yeah. was actually kind of a creative. But that's that's the only thing I can <clears throat> use to push yeah. back on that. I I will just say there's something about a flyover cam that I really love. I've always loved the flyover cam, and the, uh, of course they used to do it with helicopters and shit before there were drones. Um, before there were drones, but and, <laughs> the disdain in his voice, and obviously this before there were drones. this movie didn't have the budget for that, so I'm not going to hold that against it. I just, I there could have been more interesting. You're upset because there weren't more flyover shots. Like they could have, they could have had like a like a POV cam while they shoved the trackers up their ass. Absolutely, that's true. And we could have gotten like kind of like a look a, who's talking. Yeah, sort of shot. like. You know, inside look at Dan, Dan Fogler's asshole. And, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe that's some, what I want to see. I, yeah, I get that. I get that. Some, some we all inner do. space vibes. You know, something, <laughs> good reference. Something but deep I, in there. I, I mean, <laughs> I just I, I felt like the camera was stationary for entirely too much of the movie. You know, there there wasn't a whole lot of all the president's men like Aaron Sorkin moments. There weren't a whole lot of like walking cams. I don't know. That's fair. I mean, you know. I'm a slut for creative cinematography. I'm also just a slut. I was gonna general. I was gonna say the first part you got you got you got right on. <laughs> um okay. Things we didn't like. Yeah, I, I I feel like there probably are things, but nothing's bubbling to the top of my brain that I that would sort of suggest that like this is the greatest movie ever, which I don't think is the case. No. But I think it was like reasonably well executed and the stuff that like, you know, wasn't the greatest in the entire world, it's not the kind of thing that I'd like hold against it, you know? Yeah, like I said, you know, the cinematography wasn't interesting, but they're not trying to win awards for creative cinematography. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I can I don't think I, I don't think I can come up with anything right now. All right. Anybody else have any quotes? I got a couple more. I yeah, I, I threw mine out early. It's it's certainly not the quote that is going to be iconic for this movie. The was it the, I'm I'm going to Disneyland, but it it came up at multiple points throughout the movie. It is important. Yeah. Um for the movie. But when stacked up against like other quotes that are like just objectively more hilarious, it falls flat. So it, it's it's more of a this is an important foundational quote, but it's <laughs> it's not something that you know. When uh, when they begin his training, they tell him that he's going to be training with a wooden spoon instead of a ping pong paddle, and he's like, "This is ridiculous. Nobody can do this." And Maggie Q obviously shows him up and just like absolutely destroys him with a wooden spoon. So then the the next part of his Miyagi montage is he walks into a Christopher Walken fridge and and there's like a bunch of like pig carcasses hanging on the walls and shit and he's like this is ridiculous you got me hitting balls with spoons and now i'm swatting flies and james hong goes you not swat flies you swat bees and he like drops this box of bees and then just slams the door on randy and he's just (laughs) fighting for his life swatting these bees with the fly swatter so stupid. So good. Uh, I got one more that was... So this was like, this was a quote that they like led hard with when they were advertising for this movie. It was like in the ads and stuff like that. It's, really, it's a really funny quote. But So like right before he has his final match with Kyle Wustag, Thomas Lennon, Kyle Wustag, comes up to Randy Daytona and has this sort of like heart-to-heart kind of conversation and, you know, kind of apologizes for his behavior and all this stuff. And then he goes, but the, the truth is... You are the greatest player I have ever seen. Others than myself. Practicing in front of a mirror. Which I do. Every day. In the nude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, so funny. He just keeps going with the with the fucking line. Oh, it's so funny. Um, that's all. That's all I've got for quotes. Are we? Yeah. Are we ready to? Are we learn? Yeah. Yeah. Can we? Let's can rate we, this bitch. Let's rate it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in first. Or actually, do it. I'm, oh shit! I gotta figure out my metric. Um, I'm going to be the first one to say, uh, Jackson, go ahead. <laughs> well, with that introduction, how can I refuse? Um, I will give this five point eight. Yeah, this is the tough part. Yeah. I mean, you could steal the tagline of the movie. I thought about it, but that's not creative. Enough. No, it's not very creative. I will give this 5.8 
Guaylo. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think I actually might have a a metric, which is not common. That's rare. Yeah. I am going to give this movie a 6.6. Freddy Fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I got lucky. I'm sitting here thinking, like, I just came up with mine. Okay. The point of our of our rating system is is personal. Yeah. Right? It's personal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going eight point eight. Nice. I'm going Solid. real high here. Uh dead pandas. <laughs> <laughs> I pandas did. had a really good time with this movie. I fucking recommend it to everybody. And while I know that maybe that's a tad higher than maybe IMDB would give it. That's what I'm giving it. All right. Well, that is all for the All Crap Review. Uh, Thank you for listening. If you have any ideas for movie reviews, or if you'd like to participate in our new metric that is trying to hybridize our rating with audience familiarity, email us at three. That is the number three. Men and a basement at gmail.com. Please be sure to check out Beat the Dragon, uh, who's headlining for Panda's Dead. And uh, Panda's Dead's number one single, One Bounce Still Counts, just dropped, and it is on fire. Oh, dude, it's legendary. It is is bouncing all over the place. I listen to it in the shower every time. You sure do. As he beats the dragon. I'm I'm upset that I know that. Yep. You can also find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts. And until then, I am Colin McLeod. Mark Hope. Action Jackson. And uh, we will see you in cyberspace. Resner. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>